Welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, the Cali Green Monster, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios here in a really foggy San Diego, California. Have to imagine it'll be sunny later. Never know. <laughs> Either way, coming to you here on this Thursday morning, April 8th, 2021. Got a nice show for you today. There was some blood sport coming straight from Singapore last night from the One Fighting Championship organization. So there was a couple good fights, a couple brutal displays of violence that was pretty entertaining to watch. So I'm going to talk about that. But before I do that, I feel like I'd be hard-pressed to not start Masters Thursday without talking about the Masters. So anyone in the sports world or anyone who's a golf fan, today is kind of a big day. You know, the Masters is one of the four major tournaments in professional golf, or the, at least the U.S. PGA Tour. You know, there's the Masters, there's the British Open, there's the U.S. Open, and then the PGA Championships. So the Masters kind of kicks off that stretch of the majors. And amongst a lot of golf people, the Masters is considered the Super Bowl of golf. You know, when you hear people saying, like, winning a green jacket, that's from winning the Masters. So that starts today. And, you know, anyone that's a casual sports fan, I think they always kind of ask when they hear about a big tournament coming down in golf or if they're even, you know, going to be tempted into watching golf. The question is usually, how's Tiger? Does Tiger have a chance to win? So unfortunately, Tiger Woods isn't going to be in this Masters tournament. You know, if you can remember back in February, Tiger Woods had a really bad car accident in Palos Verdes, California. It, they actually just, the LAPD just released the actual cause of the crash, and it wasn't due to impairment or at least you know, from the report, it seems that it was due to excessive speed. So the part of you know Palos Verdes where he was going, it's a very kind of narrow, windy road. It's steep. And he was going like, I think, like 83 miles an hour. So if you're definitely not familiar with the road, you know, that stuff like that can happen. I don't think, you know, it was, I think, a tournament that was the Genesis Open or whatever. And that's the kind of SUV he was driving. So I don't think that that was the... Um, the best commercial for the handling of that SUV. But on the plus side, Tiger Woods has lived to see another day. So I guess they could, you know, swing the PR and be like, hey, how many people would survive rolling your car off of a windy road like that into a ravine? Only someone driving a Genesis. So, you know, maybe Tiger Woods, you know, maybe he did give them good publicity for their uh, for their safety record. But like I said, maybe it's not going to be it's not like an indie car. So maybe not the best sports performance. But, you know, so with Tiger Woods not in the Masters, then I kind of it's kind of, you know, for the casual golf fan. Who do I root for? Who can I expect to win? So I figure I can talk about a couple of the main golfers that a lot of the media is covering and a lot of the people expect to win and who I think is going to, you know, win this Masters. So, you know, so a couple of the people that a lot of people are talking about, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, he's someone that, you know, they've been talking about, you know, almost every tournament, every major. And, you know, he's one of the the most exciting things to talk about in golf right now because the way he drives the ball is he's basically like a real life happy Gilmore except he doesn't have to do the running swing he's just a big big old 
you know, hoss of a dude that knows how to like smash his driver. I think he's going to be debuting a new driver today. It's like a four degree driver, which should help him get even more distance. So, I mean, when you can outdrive everybody and, you know, outdrive everybody by a lot, that definitely is an advantage. So, you know, a lot of people eyes are going to be on DeChambeau. You know, when the Masters was played last November, you know, it was delayed last year in 2020 due to the pandemic, you know, but last year in November a lot of people were picking DeChambeau and he didn't have the best finish I feel like he finished in the 30s so a lot of people are hoping he's going to be able to bounce back we got Dustin Johnson the winner of last year's Masters you know he's the world number one right now married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter he just seems to have it all right now I watched a video from him on Barstool Sports yesterday where they were just on the fairway about like 320 yards from the green and they dared him to you know whip out a I think a three wood or a three hybrid to try to smash it to the green and like nothing DJ just like hit the green from 320 out on the fairway and it was so impressive so you know there's obviously a lot of people that you know going to be looking at the world number one and I feel like the way that Dustin Johnson's playing he's almost a guaranteed top 10 so if you're someone that likes to bet or bet on golfing I think Dustin Johnson in the top 10 is if you can you know get good odds on that or I just think that'd be a good play just in general you know, a lot of people are talking about Jordan Spieth and talking about how he's back. You know, he's been playing really good golf. And a lot of people, when he really kind of broke into the tour, thought, you know, he had the potential to be the next Tiger Woods. You know, since Tiger Woods, there's been a handful of people that, you know, people were trying to, you know, crown as the next Tiger Woods. You know, Roy or McElroy comes to mind. You know, when he got a sponsorship to Tiger Woods or to Nike Golf and when the EA Sports switched from Tiger Woods Golf they switched it to Rory McIlroy golf. I don't think it lasted very long, so I don't know if that says much to Rory McIlroy's marketability, but you know, he was someone that was dubbed as the next Tiger Woods and then you had Jordan Spieth. And I think by the time he was 23, he had already won 3 majors, so he, you know, he it was the second youngest Masters winner, so second only to Tiger Woods when he won his first major and, you know, won his first Masters, and he's won a couple U.S. Opens, but since then, you know, he had like a winless season, and a lot of people, you know, especially when you come out that hot to start your career, you know, consider that a slump, but, you know, he's been playing good, so there's a lot of people picking, you know, Jordan Spieth, who's one of the best iron hitters in the game to come out on top today, so... You know, I feel like those are the three guys a lot of people are kind of picking. And I'm going to come out and say I don't think either – none of these three guys are going to win. So book it. So I don't expect to see DeChambeau, uh, Dustin Johnson, or Spieth pulling it off. I think some other big-name guys that I don't expect to win. I don't expect Phil Mickelson to win. You know, he's he's getting a little older out there. So I think just him being in contention at any point over these next four days would be pretty interesting. And so I, I'm thinking if I had to make a decision or, like, who I would, you know, you know who I'm, who I who I think might pull it off. I'm looking at Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas has a good chance. He's been playing some good golf. I think he's already got a win under his belt this season. And Roy McIlroy, Roy Roy McIlroy had like I think last last year's Masters he had one bad day. But if he would have just you know had a you know you know shot a couple shots better, he might have actually been in contention with Dustin Johnson. And we might even be talking about Roy McIlroy coming in to defend his Masters, you know, this time. So even though Roy McIlroy hasn't won yet at Augusta, you know, I'm not writing him off. So 
book it. Either Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy are going to win the Masters this week, and I can't wait to tell you I told you so on Monday. So enjoy watching some golf over these next couple days. So let's transition from golf, you know, gentleman's sport, very refined, wearing Ralph Lauren and, and Titleist hats, and let's switch it to the complete opposite sport, a sport where we throw in a couple dudes in underwear in a cage and watch them beat the shit out of each other. Normally, this is taking under, you know, under place of the UFC banner, but this time it was 1FC's debut on TNT. 1FC, the fighting championship promotion that's based out of Singapore, Asia's largest fighting promotion that does not just MMA, but kickboxing and and Muay Thai. And, you know, this card had a little bit of everything. I want to talk about, you know, the heavyweight rug rug. You know, Rug Rug Kane, who was on the, he was kind of like the opening prelim fight on the Bleacher Report app. And that dude was super impressive. You know, a lot of the MMA hardcore community, he's kind of like, I feel like every couple of years there's always, you know, there's these people on the underground or in the lower promotions that a lot of the hardcore fans get excited about. And I really haven't sought out these fighters like since probably college i felt like in college that's when you'd catch me watching you know wec events and strike force events and going on access tv to watch like random cards and like you know, i think like the bama organization and any any cards that would come out of japan so you know i would like to seek out like these people and try to see who the next big person in the ufc would be and this guy rug rug kane who at the time is only two and oh i think i i believe you know he was really hyped after his debut fight where he fought i think the his professional debut was in senegal he got signed right away to one fc had an impressive debut and then he fought last night and i felt like he was impressive again his background is in senegalese wrestling so he has a grappling background and we really got to see him put it together last night so i think his original opponent was this iranian guy and he had to drop out of the fight due to medical reasons and there was no way they were going to keep rug rug off this card considering that he was one of the reasons why a lot of people were probably going to tune in especially to the early prelim portions of the fights so they found him another dude it was a swiss guy with a striking based background and it didn't really matter you know rug rug was patient right off the bat but you know he threw hands and he just overwhelmed this dude and eventually like took him down and just grounded pounded him and he looked impressive stopped him within two minutes um so at least the legend of rug rug gets to grow a little bit more he immediately called out the champ brandon vera so i'm kind of curious to see if they're you know going to try to beeline him straight for a title shot kind of like brock lesnar-esque where he started off his career ran through one or two people and immediately got a shot against randy couture who you know it's kind of interesting kind of similar parallel randy couture was someone who made his bones in the light heavyweight division and was considered more of an undersized heavyweight and brandon vera for you know people that have been in the mma community for a long time you know he was a popular uh, light heavyweight in the UFC division. You know, I think the, one of the last times you saw him in the light heavyweight division, he was getting his orbital smashed to bits by John Jones. So he's resurrected his career in Asia and under this one FC promotion. So it'd be kind of interesting if they decide to fast track rug rug right to a tile shot and fight Brandon Vera. And it'll be interesting. Does he, you know, does he kind of have the same like star ascension that Brock Lesnar had? And, you know, he looks the part. I mean, when you see this dude, he is humongous, just chiseled, huge muscles. 
the dude can fight and you know i think we're going to be talking about this dude for a while so or at least until he gets beat or at least to get proven that you know he isn't what he is but at least from what i saw yesterday this rug rug looked talented he's obviously raw he could probably work on a little bit of his striking or whatever but you know a, a big dude like that that's aggressive and has good grappling that's going to be dangerous in the heavyweight division for anyone that steps in the cage with them So, the opening fight on the TNT card, like the main card, it was Eddie Alvarez versus Erie Lapicus. You know, this was a hype fight. You know, Lapicus was coming off a loss. He had challenged for the, you know, for the title. You know, so he's coming off a loss. He's welcomed Eddie Alvarez and anyone in the MMA community knows who Eddie Alvarez is. He's an exciting fighter, in-your-face fighter. He's been a champion of multiple promotions. And it was, you know, this is going to be an exciting matchup. And, you know, he looked good. Eddie Alvarez looked good. But this fight definitely ended super controversially in, like, about a minute. Eddie Alvarez got on top, and, you know, he had Lapicus up against the cage. And Lapicus, the way he was defending himself was by turning his face towards the cage and exposing, you know, like the backside of his head, like the behind his ear and neck. And, you know, the the ref had, you know, he does call out at some point, like watch the back of the head. And Eddie Alvarez is unloading shots that, you know, at least to Eddie Alvarez, he believes it's on the ear and the side of the head. But, you know, upon reviews and, you know, kind of looking at it, it did look like it was in the back of the head so you know the ref did stop in and stop the fight and after you know about like you know five minutes or so they the ref gave him a red card so in one fc apparently it's kind of like a soccer system where they have a yellow card for a warning to dock a point and then a red card is just straight disqualification so he gave him a red card straight disqualification it was probably because lapicus couldn't finish i'm sure if you know lapicus you know, wasn't as damaged from those shots to behind the head, you know, possibly it might've been just a yellow card warning. So I think that's one of the things that people are commenting that like, you know, they should have just given Eddie Alvarez a warning and then they should keep going. But there's almost no point in doing that. If Lapicus was compromised and actually legitimately hurt, I think he actually got stretchered out of the, you know, the circle, and in the post-fight interview, Eddie Alvarez was emotional. He was, you know, apologetic for, you know, because he's saying that, like, at the end of the day, we all want to be able to go back to our families. So he was just concerned for Lapicus's health. And so there's definitely no winners in this fight. So I don't, I think that it might be, since the fight ha- ha- lasted only a minute, I don't know if the disqualification is going to count as a loss for Alvarez and a win for Lapicus, or if it's just going to be considered a no contest. But either way, that's definitely not what Eddie Alvarez wanted, especially, you know, debuting to the American audience on TNT. I think he was hoping for, you know, to bring a more exciting product for us to watch but at least the next two next two fights i feel like brought the violence and brought the excitement and brought what like one fc wanted to bring to the american audience so they kind of surprised i I assumed that the main event was going to be mighty mouse johnson versus the champ adriana marias but they decided to make that the co-main event and saving rod tang for the main event but you know i'm not going to complain because i was equally excited for both those fights and 
I thought it was pretty crazy when they were showing the tail of the tape between the guys that on DraftKings, apparently Mighty Mouse was like an over minus 800 favorite. I think it was like minus 880 or something insane like that. And I didn't realize yesterday when I was reviewing the show that he was that much of a favorite because had I known that, there's no way I would have been, I, I would have been advising you to put money on Marias just for those kind of odds because. I think there definitely is a myth or definitely is like kind of like a false narrative that all the best fighters are in the UFC. And that's just not the case. There's so many good fighters around the world and there's so many organizations between the pro fight league and the UFC and Bellator and one FC. It's pretty naive for people to think that all the best people are in the UFC. And especially considering that this Mariah's guy, he's been dominating, you know, the flyweight division in one FC and, you know, for, Anything that you can say about the Asian MMA scene, they're at least pretty strong in the lighter weight division. So for Mariah's to be pretty dominant, you know, at the 135 pound division in Asia, you know, he's a definitely dangerous dude. He trains at an American top team and, you know, with dangerous fighters like I think it was you want to and Jorge Masvidal, just a list of other dudes and and anyone that follows MMA like is you know knows american top team just because they've produced top fighters over the years you know i think tyron woodley and just you know the list goes on and on and so he's obviously a tough dude and you know like when you watch the fight like when it started right away he was the bigger lankier guy and it just seemed like dude dj's gonna have problems and he definitely did he it looked like you know he was having a hard time getting inside and you know basically getting to mariah's and i didn't feel like he was threatening very much it didn't seem like he could really do much and you know because i think even with the you know with the grappling exchanges it's like Mariah seemed like he was getting the, you know, the better of him there. And, you know, I definitely like yesterday when I picked the fight and I said, hey, like I'm going to pick DJ until I see him, you know, until I see him get dominated by someone other than Henry Cejudo. And that was my ignorance talking right there. Like I hadn't seen an Adriano Mariah's fight live. And I think had I seen it, I might have picked differently because, yeah, no, I mean, he looked like the better fighter out there. And when he finished him in the second round, it was super impressive. He knocked him out with the with an uppercut, and he finished him with a like a knee to the ground. And that's one of the things in one FC. You know, there's different things. So it might you know the cage might look similar to an octagon. The gloves might look similar, but the rules are a little different. And you saw right there where you know DJ was on his butt. And in the UFC, you're not allowed to throw a, a knee or a, a leg strike or anything like that to a downed opponent, especially to their head. And not in the 1FC because Mariah's just came in and with a fucking flying knee and put DJ out. And it was impressive. Like, I, it was impressive. It was exciting. It's something that I would definitely be interested in seeing if the U. I mean, I I don't know if the the commissions in the United States would ever allow that to happen. You know, I think that even just the fact that some states, like considering especially like New York, I think it, they've only had MMA legal in that state for about less than five years now, maybe five years, so half a decade. So I think that there's definitely some politicians that'll see some dude like getting knocked out by a flying knee and definitely kind of cringe a bit. And I thought that's what was kind of like one of those weird kind of hypocritical things when you're watching MMA is, you know, in the first fight, Eddie Alvarez, the punches that he was hitting the guy, it was kind of in a dangerous spot, but they didn't look nearly as, 
you know, visually, I guess, like, kind of like, oh, shit, as you're seeing a do flying knee into a downed opponent. So definitely, you know, I mean, it was good stuff. Mariah's, I think, validated that he's definitely one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. And it'd be interesting if he ever makes his way across the Pacific Ocean to fight in the UFC and, you know, fight some of the better lightweight dudes. You know, I'm just like Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling and, you know, Dominic Cruz and Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. Like, all these dudes are around his are like around his size and weight and it'd be awesome to watch him fight those dudes but you know i feel like the way fighting goes you know that by the time we see this guy ever you know make it to the ufc even if he decides to he'll probably end up being too late so i think that for the foreseeable future if we want to see our drum mariah's fight it'll probably be under the one fc banner and i mean if one fc smart they'll do whatever they can to keep him because i definitely think he's a marquee fighter that they should definitely try to promote more around because you know more people need to know about this guy i'm definitely going to be tuning in and you know because i i enjoyed the product that they put out today because i you know i still have one more fight to talk about in the main event there's definitely a reason that it was the, it was the main event and there's definitely a reason why this rod tang guy is a star and it, it was one of the most exciting best like combat fights or like i've ever seen maybe not ever seen but at least i've seen in a long time and so this rod tang guy i mean i've seen videos of him over the last handful of years he's always popping up on social media you know for like you know like I feel like if you follow any MMA fighter, any MMA fighter that got big and sold their Facebook page, there's always these generic fight videos that a lot of that kind of circulate through all of them. And I feel like Rod Tang is one of those guys, you know, he's known for like being able to take punches and just kind of like keep asking for more and just keep coming through. And he's just like, <clears throat> he's like a juggernaut, man. He's definitely intimidating. He's scary. When you look at this guy's face, you would think he's probably in his 30s or 40s because he looks he looks older than the 23 that he's advertised at. When he said 23, I thought I heard wrong because not just that he looks older than he really is, but his record. You know, it's like, how is this guy 23 years old and has 266 wins with an 82% winning percentage. So an 82% winning winning percentage of 266 wins, that leaves about like 44 losses there. And I think there was a couple no contests in there. And, you know, you might be thinking, you know, you look at Floyd Mayweather, some of these other fighters that might only have zero, one loss on their record. But I guess in Thai Muay Thai, to have even just a 70% win record is considered amazing. So if to be above 80% is considered like unthinkable. So this guy's the best of the best. He's aggressive. And when they, when they, when they brought out this guy, um, freaking, I, I, I'm, a, I'm annoyed that I didn't know it right off the top of my head that I had to look at my notes, Daniel Williams, because Daniel Williams definitely made a name for himself. You know, it's just like before the fight started, all I knew was just this Australian dude that was going to fight, you know, this legendary Thai kickboxer that's, you know, so it was almost like he just like looked like he was going to be fresh meat, but fresh meat he wasn't. It was exciting. As soon as the fight started, these guys just like smashed shins together and you knew they both were coming to fight. It was three three minute rounds. And so for that entire nine minutes, these guys brought it. It was 
it was fucking electric, dude. Like, Rontang knocked him down in the second round, and you would think, and then he really started putting the pressure on, and you would think that, you know, Williams probably was going to fold at some point, but that fucking dude didn't. If anything, he came out aggressive in the third round. These guys were tough, tough, tough. It was awesome, man. It just made me be like, dude, the UFC is missing out by not bringing, having more they should be doing these Muay Thai fights because unlike the kickboxing fights that had the, you know, the kickboxing gloves, these Muay Thai fights are just MMA gloves and just throwing down and just sheer aggressiveness. And, you know, I think the three, three minute rounds allows for them to just go balls to the wall. And, you know, I would much rather watch nine minutes of, of two guys just in their face, just like bringing it than 25 minutes of boring fucking grappling and stuff. So that was awesome. I think that was definitely a smart move. That was main event worthy. And I think if you haven't taken a chance to watch this card, you should definitely go take a look, especially just check out this Rod Tang and Daniel Williams match. Daniel Williams definitely made a name for himself. He's tough as shit. I would not want to fight that guy, especially considering it took like a, a cyborg tie dude to be able to <laughs> to do anything so you know it's definitely impressive i enjoyed one fc it looks like there's gonna they're gonna be trying to do these i don't know if it's gonna be weekly but i know that there is another card next wednesday so you can definitely count me amongst the people that'll be checking it out it's pretty cool that like i haven't feel like i've been this excited about watching mma yeah like shit since college so it's been kind of nice being able to seek out some of these you know promotions that aren't the UFC to catch some of these fights that I wouldn't normally see unless it was, you know, like I said, unless I caught it on a Facebook stream randomly. So 1FC, definitely thumbs up in my book. Masters weekend. Hopefully enjoy some golf. Until some next until next time, people. I've been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. Again, I want to say thank you to everyone that takes the time to listen to this show download the show if you enjoyed what you listened to be a friend tell a friend if not you can just pretend you never listened to it till next time from the tesla studios in beautiful sunny san diego california have a great one guys peace